a, a slow, meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's got to go now. We're with Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1,500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Sit and Kick podcast. I'm your host, David Ribich, and today we are sitting and kicking it with Drew Bosley and Nico Young. These two athletic resumes are no joke, literally filling two pages on our episode draft board. Both these guys have led NAU to three NCAA wins in four years, so I'll give you the big hitter stats. Drew is a collegiate record holder over 3,000 meters at 736 and has multiple podium finishes to his name at an NCAA championship. In 2019, Drew was the top freshman finishing 22nd. Nico Young set the indoor 3000 meter high school race uh, record that I was actually there watching in person. And that was the first introduction to Nico Young that I had there in the armory. Uh, he later went on to NAU where he, has, he went on to set the American junior record over 5000 meters at 1324. That time qualified him for the Olympic trials where he finished ninth. In the lumberjack uniform, Nico too has podium individually at the NCAA championship and has continu- continuously made improvements. Just this past weekend, the pair of them both doubled to an insane 7.45 3K and a sub 13.35K on the same day. Boys, I'm out of breath. That's an intro. How are we doing? I'm doing awesome. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, you guys. Literally, like, I have two pages of scrolling notes, like, of just, your one, your athletic department for NAU is incredible about stat keeping. I know so much about you guys from all your accolades. It's insane. That's good. <laughs> Dang, what do they say about me? Say about you? Uh, uh, how far back do you want to go? I don't know. What do they say about me from high school? It says prep years. Uh, four-time Wisconsin Gatorade Athlete of the Year, two-time track and field, two-time cross country, six-time uh, Wisconsin Division One state champion, Wisconsin state record in the 3,200 meters, three-time NXN qualifier, best place finish, uh, seventh. Wow. Two-time yeah, footlocker qualifier, best place finish, fifth. 2019 NCAA XC All-American, 22nd, number one freshman in the country. Dang. 2021 NCAA cross country all American 13th two time NCAA cross country team champion member. Where did they get all that information? That's crazy. I I do yeah. some deep dive research. Some of this is a combination of your guys' okay. pages. Some of it's Wikipedia. Hey, some of it's I guess interviews. Shout out Courtney, our SID. Yeah, yeah, Courtney you got to give Courtney job. some love because <laughs> it's literally broken down by year. Like Drew, your 2020 indoor did not compete. 2020 outdoor canceled. 2021 NAU did not compete. 2021 outdoor did not compete. So. <laughs> She kept Dang. good stats even when you weren't competing. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty wicked. Um, but also, um, I want to make mention to you guys because I know if you guys are listening to this podcast uh, and you're a fan of it, you guys know that our intro is a little bit different uh, than that. Um, and and to put it shortly, um, normally how it goes is I'll say something and Josh follows up with, and I'm the better host, Josh Care, but. As that may be true, over the next few months, you may be getting a little bit less of Josh and a little bit more of me. Uh, he's still very much so committed to the podcast, um, but his scheduling is a bit difficult. Um, and so for this podcast, he knows how important it is for me, and I know how important this next year is for Josh. So each of us are in full support of, eno- uh, each of, us are in full support of one another. Uh, so I think um, so. Think of him as like the Mark Cuban to the Dallas Mavericks. So he's still an owner. I'm still an owner. But I'll be hosting a little bit more episodes than he will. And he'll continue to jump on on the podcast when he's able to. But our biggest purpose with this podcast is to create content for all of you of the athletes that we have on here and to continue to follow along the journey of our guests and the journey of your hosts um, because we want to tell the athletes uh, stories as they're being told. So we can talk more shit about Josh. But in the meantime, um, I want to get just straight on with you guys. Um, I'm going to lead it in just with some NAU chat. You know, the, the, the program I have set for us is NAU chat, pro chat. Impress your friend stats where I do a little bit more deep dive and then our ever famous banter bowl. So through the NAU chat, um, now that you guys are kind of leaning closer to being veterans on the team, how has that recruitment process changed? Maybe since you were a recruit going into the, the years with them only having a few national champions. Now you're coming onto the other side of the program where you continued that legacy. Has that recruitment process changed at all? Um, I would say now that I think about like recruiting, I would say COVID had, has probably had the biggest impact on the recruiting when I was in college. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I guess a, a fun, a funny, a funny fact is my freshman year when we were recruiting Nico, I got, uh, I got really sick. It was like late, uh, 
late October or something. And I was supposed to be Nico's host and I got really sick. So I didn't, wasn't a part of, um, any of his visit. Theo Quacks hosted him, but I yeah. was like, had a bad flu and I sat down in my dorm room and wrote him like a three page letter of why he should come to NAU and gave it, someone gave it to him. And, uh, I hope that that made an impact on him coming to NAU, but that was, that's a recruiting gem between us. My writing skills got Nico to come to <laughs> NAU. Yeah. Um, it didn't make a difference. <laughs> do you yeah. still have that letter? I do. Yeah. I, I at least have a picture of it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like, uh, recruiting is, it's gotta be like a, it's, it's like so crazy nowadays because of NIL, like the funding with schools, mm. power fives are more powerful now. And, um, I think it probably amplifies the underdog mentality of NAU a lot more in recruiting. Um, yeah. and it really maybe also amplifies people coming to NAU for the right reasons and wanting to really give running everything they have. And uh, maybe certain things sacrifice are, are a sacrifice of that. So um, I think maybe the people that are coming to NAU now in this day and age, um, definitely coming for the right reasons. And uh, that's definitely a plus, but I would say, um, yeah, the recruiting is, I feel like has definitely changed over the time I got into college and, and left. I remember yeah. on my visit, um, I was hanging out with Peter Lamong, Matt Baxter, um, Jordy, um, yeah, Theo and Brody were my hosts and that just, and they were like just new freshmen. Um, and that seems like a crazy, like such a different NAU team and yeah, era. Absolutely. But, uh, that's like the era that recruited me. Um, a lot of those guys, I guess, weren't there the next year. Um, Jordy was, but I guess, yeah, what I'm trying to say is it's, it's changed a lot, both within, within the team and NAU, but also over the whole landscape of the NCAA. Um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Nico? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think like that, that's you, it amplifies people who come to NAU are coming here for the right reasons. You know, we don't, as a university, maybe we don't have the funding that a lot of these big schools have. Um, but you know, we're still in Flagstaff and still have the team and the culture that we have. And I think that attracts the right people. So you guys are a very dominant program. I mean, I mean, it's obvious with the stats that you guys put up the competitors that you have not only at the NCAA level, but the professional ranks. I mean, when you're talking about Matt Baxter, Jordy Beamish, I mean, Tyler day, even when, when he's healthy, like that is, you guys have like an arsenal of guys that have just able to progress through their careers at NAU into the professional ranks. Um, and then you're talking about funding. I mean, like being a division two athlete, I don't have any loyalties to any division one program, but I always root for NAU because kind of like what you're saying with that underdog mentality, like mm -hmm. for some reason, even from the outside perspective, I always like rooting for NAU because they're not a power five school. You know, it's not the Oregon, you know, like, and I'm from the state and I always wanted to go to Oregon and I went to a school next to them and I started yeah. beating their athletes and that felt so good. Right. And so for you guys, even though you guys have national champions, even though you guys have national champion trophies, um, are you, do you guys still kind of approach races as like underdog mentality then even against like these big power five schools? Yeah, I think, I think we really try our best too. Um, I mean, I think when, uh, you know, you've had so much success, it can be hard to, um, like channel that energy for a race. But I think that, um, the way that we frame racing <clears throat> and training allows us to keep that mentality. And I mean, we do get a lot at NAU and we're very fortunate with like the resources that we have, but we know, and we still are in touch with that. It wasn't always like that. And there's still many things that, um, we don't, we don't get. So it's like, uh, yeah, I think we've been able to, to channel that mentality and kind of just, yeah, focus on each other. Yeah. I think, and, uh, yeah, I think going. it's like Baxter always says this, I think in, in his new book, I think he did, but like, no one will ever know, um, like what NAU, like 
goes through, like simultaneously being, I guess, underdogs in what were like the area where the context we're talking about, like underdogs in that way, but simultaneously always being the favorites and like always yeah. like the only thing they can do is lose and they're like expected to win all the time, like simultaneously being the favorites and underdogs at the same time. Yeah. Like it's uh, That's a cool thing. And I think what Nico said is right is that um, I feel like that lets us kind of like find our passion and fire in our own way. And it kind of just is like creates a thing of us against the world and that like embracing that and just like, just knowing that it's just like the guys in our locker room and, and nobody else. Like we always say like, nobody's coming in, nobody's coming out. And yeah. I feel like that like soaks in like naturally and that I guess we can find some, like we find like passion in that, I guess, but it is so rare. Like, yeah, nobody, nobody knows like that simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, like that limbo between those two it's 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 rare i guess yeah yeah and and you guys kind of mentioned a little bit earlier and, and i'm curious to know your guys's takes on it too if this is something that you guys are going through as well like when you talk about the recruiting aspect and what these athletes especially after the covid year in high school have access to media they have access to literally the the sport seems to be at their disposal for the most part when it comes to even their following and their and their ability to promote product or promote teams or promote themselves. Like, I mean, like there could be a 16 year old kid hosting this podcast and I guarantee that they're going to be more tech savvy and, and know how to hit the markets, hit the algorithms more than I will. And I feel like I research way too much to know as little as I do. So when you're talking about these recruits that are coming in and you're talking about NIL, NIL deals, how has that affected you guys at all by maybe looking forward towards NIL deals, having communications there, having NIL deals? I don't know if you guys do or not, but has that been like a conversation? Is Mike Smith pretty uh, open to kind of those negotiations and, and opportunities? I mean, I think like, I feel like we don't really talk about that a whole lot with recruiting. I, I'm not sure. I mean, he's definitely, I mean, we've personally talked with him about it and he's obviously like totally on board with NIL and all of that. And, you know, wants us to make whatever money we can as a college athlete, you know, to, yeah help ourselves out so like he's absolutely on board with that but um i think it's so new in recruiting that we're really kind of just seeing like the first waves of um the effects of nil on on how that's um happening so yeah i think we have a lot to learn yeah i would i would say i would agree with nico i think um yeah i i that it just like doesn't go through that outlet so it is i yeah. feel like more based on what it is, um, you know, what it, what it's called name, image, and likeness. It's our like name, image, and likeness. So I feel like, uh, it's hard. It's hard to like, it definitely, you can create that for yourself at a program like NAU. So maybe, maybe the way you relate it like that, I think that, um, can help, but coach Smith is in full support of that, but I, it is, I would say it's more like individual based. Um, yeah. Like he doesn't really have a a part in that, yeah. And this is kind of me just like speaking on um speaking on the conversation <laughs> and a and a thought coming to mind. Like do you do you think that NALs actually are an equalizer for like underfunded and smaller schools like NAU, or do you feel as though NIL still reach out to the larger schools that those athletes don't actually need NIL deals? You know, because an NIL, like a five thousand dollar NIL NIL deal to somebody that isn't on scholarship but still at a great program could change their program, could change their life. Like the five thousand dollars could really help. Where like five thousand dollars to somebody that's at a bigger program with a scholarship, that's just going to be spending money on the weekend. So, has do you feel as though smaller schools could get equalized with NILs, or do you still think the rich get richer in this? I completely yeah. agree. I I completely agree with that. I think um, smaller schools can definitely benefit from that i mean you gotta you gotta find a way no matter what like our i wish like all of our the guys on our team had like you know five thousand dollars a semester for to make their fueling easier to get massages on the weekends to get um you know make life easier become better runners focus yeah. on the things that you need to focus on and not go to sleep worrying about you're in debt every night, like stuff like that. Um, 
I mean, yeah, we're our team is like maybe trying something new this year, and like I'm, we're gonna get like have people like possibly throw some funds together just to help out like some guys yeah. with um, you know, like massages and things like that. Like I think we're able to see the importance of of those type of things, and um, if I spend some free time doing Uber Eats and half that money goes to three or four of the guys for a massage over the weekend. Like, like that's, that's what we're trying to do. Like, that's what we have to resort to now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have everyone on the same page. Um, and I, like you said, um, I know that there's, um, yeah, there's some power five schools that everyone on the roster, no matter what their name, image and likeness is, gets $5,000 just being on the roster from, from funds. But you know what? I, there's some value into finding it and doing it your own way and having ownership and just like making it happen no matter what, like that comes out in races that comes out when you go on the track and the cross country course. So to be honest, it's like some days I like it. Yeah. I say, I know you guys have a, have a large history of uh, putting it to people that are making money in the sport. So, you know, there's a, there's an interview of you, um, Drew, and this is like a good segue into the professional uh, pro chat as well. Um, but in, in an interview, this is actually in the uh, impress your friend stats uh, for later in the episode. But the first words that you said after you set the collegiate record, you said in quotes, I just wanted to see how many people I could beat. I was only one or two collegiates in the field. How important is that mentality to not only achieving goals, but also smashing records? And this is something that both you guys can answer. One of you can answer, but after this, we'll transition to that pro. So with that said, you're beating people that are making money in the sport. And you set a collegiate record. But the first thing that came out of your mouth was, I just want to beat people. It wasn't, I wanted to beat the record. It was like, I want to beat people. Yeah. That's definitely like, that's 100% what like gets me out of bed every morning. Like I'm so ultra competitive. Um, and what I love about having Coach Smith as my coach is he supports us in that. Like he, he doesn't, like even before, I mean, Nico Young's been Nico Young for a while. But, like, maybe in the recent year and a half, I've kind of stepped into this um, more, uh, yeah, name, image, and likeness role as an athlete. Yeah. And I've been wanting to – I've been having this mentality of beating people, um, you know, ever since I was a 16-year-old. Like, I've um, – Coach Smith always talks about, like, no, no fanboy stuff. Like, one day if I line up in a 1500 against, like – you know, Josh Kerr, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, you got to have a yeah. mentality of um, you got to be racing to see how many people you can beat. That's not like setting an expectation on yourself. It's more like the curiosity of it and the passion of it. And when I can get that right, m most times I'm like a very, very hard athlete to race against. Yeah. Um, and I'm not perfect. Like sometimes I do fall into that trap of, um, you know, expectation versus curiosity um yeah. when you're uh when you're towing the line so but when you can really fully embrace that and just see how many people you can beat um yeah sometimes that's it sounds crazy but sometimes that's a superpower and and i know you guys it, it's crazy too because like having both of you guys on the podcast at the same time right like i could do an interview with each of you individually for your own respective remark or remarks and your marks and on your resume. Um, but I like bringing you guys both on together because when you're talking about like this ultra competitive um, mentality and you're talking about like the program at NAU, like you two are like equal leaders in that. Like I have your guys' head to heads. I don't necessarily need to dive into those, but like you guys are both spearheading this team to continue the legacy of NAU. And, and for Nico, if you want to answer, like how important is it to be able to have another resource next to you? Because in high school, a lot of the times it's like, you're the leader and you have four guys with you. But in this regard, like you and Drew can alternate one, two in a race. Like obviously you both want to be one. You both want to finish as high as you can individually, but that leadership pressure is almost taken off in a way, or maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but how is that being able to have another leader right next to you um, helping lead the charge? I mean, it, it makes like, I mean, training partners like that make like all the difference. I think, I mean, that was like, one of the big reasons why I chose to come to NAU is because I knew that for my entire time here, I would have people to train with. And um, 
uh, yeah, I mean, the whole, my whole time here and, um, mainly in this like past two years, it's been Drew and I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, we pretty much run every single split together of every workout. Um, and I mean, everything is like pretty much like the same. And so we can really get affirmation from each other. Like when we see each other race or if one of us is not feeling um, how we want to on the day, it doesn't like rattle our confidence. Cause I know if he, you know, runs really well and maybe I don't have the best day, I know I'm right there as well because we do all the training together. So, I mean, I mean, that's why like the best athletes in the world have, um, are in these, like have a lot of the best training partners. That's what makes you much better. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of training partners too, I mean, to transition into the pro chat aspect, um, you guys are are arguably the most loaded city for professional runners. I mean, you probably see pro runners, agents and coaches more than anybody else in the world. Um, and you guys have these athletes coming from all over the world. I mean, like you said, like with Jakob, like Jakob goes there, uh, Jake Whiteman goes there, Josh Kerr doesn't go there. Um, but if you want to be good at distance running, I feel like Flagstaff has to be something in the, uh, in the old uh, calendar for, for at least a couple of weeks. How often do those worlds actually overlap for you guys with being collegiate athletes on campus where professional athletes are constantly training? I would say um, it overlaps a decent amount, like on the urban trails. In um, a lot of the time of the year, urban trails, I see a bunch of uh, runners that I know don't live in Flagstaff but are here for like a altitude camp or stuff like that. Um, so I would say I see a lot. I remember like the, before I came into freshman year of college, uh, my family and I came out to Flagstaff, um, that summer for like a week or two. And literally the first run I went on, I went to a forest service road and I felt like I was in the middle of nowhere and there are hundreds of forest service roads and literally just two miles into the run, I see like Mo Farah and like an entourage of like a car, people on bikes, cameras, like, yeah, it's just like running. And I was like, at the like, time, I'm sold. Like, I'm sold. Yeah. At the time, like a few years back, that was like, that was so cool to see. Um, I remember yeah. that being like one of my first, uh, one of my first like runs in Flagstaff. And, uh, that was really cool. But, um, yeah, I would say I would say it happens a lot, and um, it, it it's kind of like maybe I need to have some more gratitude for seeing a bunch of people and coming to Flagstaff, and just a reminder of how Flagstaff is great. But like it does, like I feel like I'm numb to it almost. Like seeing, even if I just like does yeah Olympic champs, anything world champs. Like if I see. Uh, anyone just on the trail, it's kind of like little acknowledgement, you know, yeah. I, I feel like I am kind of like numb to it. Maybe yeah. that's a bad thing. Maybe it's a good thing, but I don't know. It's, it's probably, it's probably a good thing. Yeah. But it, I think it's, it's a frequent thing a lot. Yeah. My follow-up is, is Flagstaff as good as people say, cause I literally say, if you want to be good at distance running, you have to go to Flagstaff. I've never been to Flagstaff, but I'm, you know, I am what I am as a distance runner, so I'm getting better, but I've never been to Flagstaff. Maybe Flagstaff is my recipe, but is it as good as people say, or or is it a secret still? Like, do you, do you tell people not to go? <laughs> I mean, I think it's as I think it's as good as people say. I think it's unique in the way that um, it's an altitude town that you could like actually live there like permanently if you wanted to. Like, there's enough here that's like, you know, like I like living here um, versus I feel like a lot of places are like. You know, it's, I feel like I would only want to go there for a training camp, but I yep. feel like, you know, this is like, it's a cool place to live. It, I think it has the best trails out of any altitude training camp I've ever been to. Um, you know, there's facilities sort of, it depends, but, and then, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think it's ideal. Yeah. Do you guys have any knowledge of that famous poop gate that happened like a year or two ago? Uh, Not enough. No, we can't go to Sedona, so. Oh, true. <laughs> Yes. Something, something happened. Somebody and, ruined it. Now we can't go to Sedona. But you can confirm yeah. it wasn't either of you. I know I know the, the no. country of origin for the person, but no one on the team? Yeah, Absolutely I, not. I can confirm it wasn't, it wasn't me. You can confirm it wasn't yeah. Nico either, right? 
It I'll wasn't me. I'll confirm that. <laughs> yeah, please, Drew. It was not me. It was not Nico. It wasn't. <laughs> I uh, we're about to hit thirty minutes in this episode, uh, so I wanted to give a quick moment uh, to have this opportunity to be a point where I can say. If you guys are looking to do, not you two as a Nico or Drew, but if you're listening to this episode um, and you're a fan of the podcast and you're in the business and you want to do any types of ad reads or things like that, we are going to get into the position of monetizing and being able to do ad reads, whether that be at the start, the middle, or the end of the episode. So if you know anyone in ad read business, if you have any business you want us to promote on Sit and Kick, go into our DMs, email us at sitandkickpodcast.com at gmail, sitandkickpodcast at gmail.com. I should get better at my own ad reads. And uh, we'll make sure that we get you guys up here uh, on the podcast. Um, but anyway, back to you guys, uh, back to the show of it. So I know you guys, honestly, I've never talked to either of you in person. This is the first I've talked to either of you, and it's sick. And I, and I really enjoy talking to you guys, not only because of the athletes that you are, but the people that you are and the mentality that you guys bring. Like One of the main reasons I love podcasting and hosting with you two is because it gets me excited. You know, like I'm sweating because I'm nervous, but I'm also sweating because I like feel that intensity and that drive that you guys have that I hope the listeners feel as well. But let's talk about mentality. Let's also talk about um, Shannon Thompson and the importance of uh, mental health and that aspect of the sport. Um, I started seeing Shannon um, a few years back and one, I think it's okay and I think it should be normalized that people can go see uh, mental health professionals, sports psychologists, psychologists in general just to not only better themselves, just have somebody to talk to. You know, it's it's one of those things where I've talked a lot about on this podcast. You guys know that I use this almost as therapy at times with Josh and, and it gets very serious and there's sometimes tears or sometimes like real conversations, but being able to have someone that is there in your corner 100% of the way um, is incredible. And I, and I don't know if you guys have ever worked with Shannon directly, but I know she's worked with NAU. So I was just kind of being curious off of it. But do you guys... See anyone for um, sports psychology? Do you guys do anything on, on that regard? Um, yeah, I mean, Shannon works directly with our entire team. So we, oh, sweet. Um, yeah, we see like we see her in group settings once a week, but um, which is great. I think um, personally where I get the most benefit is the we also have access to meet with her individually if we would like. And I feel like that's where, you know, if I have something that I want to could be anything to talk to her about. Um, I know she's available and I mean, she's fantastic at, um, yeah, just talking about anything. And over the years, I feel like I've gotten to know her pretty well. So, um, yeah, she definitely creates a, a safe space and, um, yeah, she, I really like her. Yeah. I think, um, in the last year, Shannon and I have, have been working a little more together for like a race prep and perspective and, she always has great perspective that helps me um, abstract perspective that helps me. Cause um, yeah, I kind of feed off of that just abstract curiosity and goals and yep. motivation. And she does that well. So that, um, that helps me a lot. I would attribute a lot of my um, growth as a runner on the psychology side to coach Smith. Um, yep. There's, been a lot of growth with me um just like you know talking with coach smith and um i also don't think like conversations like this whether you know if it was just us three on a run and nobody hears this conversation after or if it's just us three on a podcast and you know a certain amount of people listen um these are important like conversations to have and be able to yeah, I think help other people, but also, um, like you said, therapy, help yourself, like talking about things is good to just, you know, Coach Smith always says, like, move things within yourself yeah. and like move emotions and feelings by speaking them. And I've grown to find that pretty um, powerful, just having conversations, like you said, and uh, yeah, it's really cool. And yep. I think the mental side of running is um, as important as anything. I think it's your mental perspective. I think it's your posture and way you hit the ground and then training. Yeah, that's yeah. about it. <laughs> it, it. It's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of success in the sport. Yeah, it's on the Mount Rushmore for sure. 
Yeah. Can you yep. can you guys name the four presidents on Mount Rushmore? Like off the top of your head. Do you know them off the top of your head? Can you? I Abe Lincoln. <laughs> I <Apple>. cannot. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, I I can't. Um. Nico, can you? No, I feel like Thomas Jefferson is probably yeah, that's there. One, okay, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll let and this George be Washington. A, we'll let this be a good little quiz aspect of it then because um, okay. I'll, I, just, uh, I, I was just wondering if you guys could. <laughs> so I can't, but I'm gonna have it on my other computer. I'm not gonna look at it, but I want to sound it out um, for, okay. uh, for at least a minute. Um, and then this is gonna be one of those fun interactive things too. As a listener, you're probably just screaming and you're probably annoyed at the fact that we don't know this. Uh, I'm gonna guess George Washington for to start. Yeah, I was gonna he's, go he's, with George Washington for sure. Yeah, definitely him. Yeah. yeah, Thomas Jefferson. I think you're right on that too. Yeah, him as okay. well. Those two, like, I could be sure. I feel like. And um, I was gonna say Abe Lincoln, but I don't know about that. I feel like I would remember if, like, there was a rock Madison? shape. Like, Madison could be. could be on there. Yeah, is, this is my old is, guys. Is Grant yeah. is is Grant on a president? Isn't there like an old Grant, President Grant? There, no, there is an old Grant. Um, I doubt that he would be on there though. I don't think he's on it. I feel like it's, yeah. I feel like it could be the four we said maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Who, uh, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I think, I think we've hit three of four, but. Is yeah. Abe Lincoln on there? I feel like I'd remember his beard. Yeah. Okay. I'm right. gonna, That's I'm hard to look. like chisel into the rock, the beard. Okay. So, yeah, I feel so like he's not on there. Final vote. We got George Washington. Yeah. We got Madison. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And Jefferson. Jefferson. And Jefferson? Jefferson? Yeah. Or no Roosevelt? Oh, maybe those four. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe those four. Okay. Uh, we're uh, going to get so much shit from this. These guys okay. are you, they All right. Drew, you're on Harvard's <laughs> campus right now. Yeah. I'm All right. Um, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm in Harvard Yard right now. I'm, in, uh, I'm impressed with us. I am impressed with us. We so. didn't get it right, but I am impressed with us. Oh. We so 50%? to start, not Grant. Grant is not on there at all. So okay. you can disregard that comment. Yeah. Uh, George Washington, number okay. one. Number two, Thomas Jefferson. Okay, we're two for two. Roosevelt. Did we say that at the end? We, we did. did say yeah, we Roosevelt. Did. And three the last three. one that I talked us out of, uh, Abe Lincoln, is on there. See, wait, what? we did pretty good. That's actually yeah. very good. I think. That's what yeah. I was saying. Like, that's yeah. actually quite impressive, considering we didn't oh, know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, if you good. do that off the top of your head, you guys, you need to go outside, get some more fresh air, go for more runs. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, impressive. I've never been there. Um, I, I'm not even sure if it exists. You know, I think it's one of those like flat earthers things. Like, I don't think Mount Rushmore exists. I think it's just like this backdop. So moon landing, <laughs> Mount Rushmore aren't real. I'm just kidding. Nobody clipped that. Um, and yeah, in, in reference to how many people listen to this podcast, we have thousands, thousands and thousands of people listen to this. Um, yeah. So it'll be yeah, good. Right before uh, the, the holiday trivia games, you know, now you know. If you get a now question, you know. yeah, exactly. Trivia game with your family, you can name them that. Look, we're gonna we're gonna rotate in. We're at thirty three minutes, so we want to always keep our episodes at an hour or under for you guys. I know that that doesn't really do justice for your long runs because this episode does come out on Sundays. Um, but you'll have to find something to do for the next thirty minutes. Listen to uh, Taylor Swift or something like that because that is in yeah, all probably. of our wrapped playlists. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to the impress your friend stats. So Nico, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, Nico, in 2021, you made your first appearance in an Olympic trials on paper. Your 1324 qualifying mark did not put you in big Q category, but you put yourself in the right position, qualifying for the final and second alongside Paul Chalimo. What was your preparation like mentally and physically to extend your season into the trials, make the final and finish ninth, knowing that you entered the championship ranked outside the top 12? Yeah. Um, I mean, going into that. I feel like it was just about like getting race experience. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know if it was like three weeks before that, but I ran the regional meet um, and ran really badly and didn't, I was hoping to qualify for the national meet and um, yeah, it didn't go well and I did not run very well. So I was pretty upset about that, but it felt good to still have like, still have that race on the calendar and um, something I could get excited for that wasn't, that close and I still could get in like a week of training to kind of like get some confidence back. So I feel like, um, yeah, i coming off the regional meet. I kind of took, uh, did like a 180 with like my mental like preparation for it and kind of really tried to go into that race with like nothing to lose mindset. And I really, I mean, I definitely had nothing to lose. I was like, 
super young and um good pun. yeah barely got in and yeah so it was like yeah it was just about getting race experience so i feel like it was just like it was an exciting trip overall and um yeah making it to the final was uh you know i made that that meet all about running the prelim didn't even think about the final because um yeah there's you know then there was no way that i could have um I, I wasn't super confident but after that it was, i was uh got a lot of confidence from that and was um really excited to run the final i think you know now i've could recover a lot better from a prelim going into a final but then it was definitely um something i had to get experience from and learn from and um yeah i got a lot from that i think so nice uh for drew so with some of the prep year stats that we mentioned off and rattle off early on um we didn't and we didn't mention any of your personal bests so we'll rattle off those drew you had personal bests out of high school 847 th for 3200 meters 1600 meter PR was 405, 800 meter PR was 153, and your personal best in the 5K was 1432. You had very, very impressive prep year marks, but were never actually seen in the spotlight as a top recruit out of your class, no offense. Um, but what you did have was range from 800 to 5K. How did that range play into going to an altitude school like NAU and then finding a rhythm and stride in not only cross country, but able to go down into 3000 meters and set the collegiate record? Because arguably, your your shorter races are more impressive than your 5k mark in high school but now you're one of the top dogs in the NCAA cross country yeah i guess i don't know my my thinking about like i guess, i guess i guess my high school marks was just straight up like genetics or my my physiological makeup um i definitely trained and raced into shape in high school um Compared to like what we're doing in college now, it seems like I, maybe I'm skewed, but it seems like I didn't train at all, but I know, I know I did. Yeah. Um, I was like smart with it. I think I only got hurt once in high school for like 10 days. Um, so I got to race a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I ran, I ran really fast as a freshman. It was like four, um, 16 or 17 in the mile as a okay. freshman and 153 in the 800 as a freshman. Damn. Um, so maybe like, yeah, I, I feel like I had some raw ability, but I guess translating to what you're saying, like in the NCAA, definitely just like seasons on seasons of consistent training. And, um, you know, I feel like just, yeah, natural process, how everyone gets better. Um, yeah. Just, I've had like a really good slow, it feels slow in my perspective, but like a slow progression of getting better in the 5K, 3K mile every year since I was like, yeah, 15 years old, um, freshman in high school. So for any freshman in high school that, yeah, can run, I don't know what I did like those times or anywhere to like 10 minutes in the two mile, like it's going to be a natural and sometimes slow progression, but I feel like confident to say that you're going to get better and better no matter what, really, as long as you're training, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, the fine details of running like 750 and 740 in the 3k is there are some fine details in the training and training properly, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it definitely is about like your attitude and effort towards it. And I feel like I've had that the last eight years and that's probably why, you know, I've, I've just gotten better. And like we talked about before training partners, having coach Smith, yeah. um, just kind of like a killer mindset. And when, when you align it correctly like that, it almost is like effortless to get better. And that's like a good feeling to have. Yeah. Now, now that we gassed you up about your speed, According to IAAF World Athletic page, Nico, you are 1-0 against Drew over 800 meters, running 154.21 to Drew's 154.27. Oh, I remember this race with 200 to go. The dome? Yep, it was in the dome. What does it take to beat a guy like Drew Bosley in an 800? Nate, gosh, like if I remember <laughs> that race. Because with 300 to go, I'm all out. <laughs> I don't know. I think like uniquely like <laughs> – Drew and I have like this similar strengths when it comes to running. So I don't really like, he, like the same, I don't know. Like, I feel like <laughs> we just, 
yeah, who has got it on the day in that? I yeah, know. Nico, we haven't run 800 in forever. I feel like this outdoor, we should, go, we should go down to, like, Phoenix and uh, see if we can yeah, break we 150. I think we can break 150. Let's do it. Don't you yeah, think? Yeah, 150, 154 on your guys' IAAF page isn't the yeah. mark you want to see, but no. hey, that means you got a lot <laughs> of room like, for improvement. That was like probably run faster than like a workout. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I believe that. That was like 90 <laughs> minutes after a dome mile, and yeah. it was at like 7,000 feet. And the dome mile is yeah, just yeah, right yeah, yeah. It's like 90 minutes after, and it's just the 154 <laughs> is like. You know what? That was I'm, two years ago. I'm proud of that 154 <laughs> yeah. after a dome mile. Like that, that hurts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, those, uh, it, it's always, it's always a bummer when you get on like a T first or something and you just see one like cold sore, uh, cold sore yeah. PR that's just sticking out everywhere. But you know, yeah. Hey, you guys got room to improve. So mm-hmm. I believe you both could run faster than 154 and I'm sure that you guys have probably closed a prelim or a final faster yeah, than 154. True. So <laughs> You got you guys got it in you. Um, just you know, just keep uh keep sitting and kicking. I guess if we wanted to throw a little uh tagline in there, but at the end of every episode, we still got a good good portion left. Um, but we want to make sure we have enough time for this. Um, if you guys are new to the podcast or if you're longtime fans, you know that the latter half of the episode leads to the banter bowl, and in the banter bowl, we try to break it down a little bit more talk less stats, talk less running, have a little bit more fun with it. Some of these questions are fan submitted. Some of these questions are Josh submitted, David submitted, fan submitted, friends submitted, family submitted. Uh, this is a part where everybody gets to come together and uh, really pick your guys' brains on some pretty crazy topics. Um, had to leave out some of them, you guys. Um, I'm not going to ask very inappropriate things because this does go on um, Spotify. This does go on Apple, and I will not get our podcast taken down because some of your questions are just absolutely ridiculous. So um, this is the banter bowl. Um, either of you can answer these. Um, some of them are directed at individual people. And then also what we do in our podcast is when we get towards the end, you guys can open the floor to banter back, ask me questions and, or with you guys co-hosting this episode, banter back and forth between the two of you. If you guys wanted to do anything, um, over the pod there. So Drew, we're going to start with you. Drew to start, you don't look good with a mustache. However, it grew on me as it grew on your face. You've run some of your best times with a mustache. When will it become a full-time look, and why did you decide to do it? Um, the last part was why did I decide to do it? Correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, all right, I'm just going to be completely honest. Um, so I grew a mustache originally – because at the time, <laughs> at the time, I had broken up with the girl I was dating. Oof. Yep. And um, and for some reason, I don't I don't know why someone would have to ask her, but for some reason, she told me that she likes guys with mustaches, and uh, I just like I just um, you know, grew a mustache. You went for it see if I could get some attention back and uh, it grew on me. And after about a few weeks, I forgot that I had started for that reason. And I was more focused on just the rugged, you know, Flagstaff runner look. Um, nice. Yeah. I can't believe I just said that, but <laughs> yeah, me uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was, um, that was the reasoning. And um, I have a lot of like spirit animals. So like, Indiana Jones is a spirit animal. Okay. Um, a sea otter is a spirit animal. Nice. David Beckham is one of my spirit animals. Thought you were going to say David Rubich, uh, but obviously, <laughs> uh, I would say I would say um, Pre is also that that is a yeah. generic thing to say, but you know I would say he's a spirit animal. So I always wanted to grow a mustache. It's going to come back, um, and. Hopefully it scares some people, but it's definitely going to come back maybe soon. But nice. my next goal is to see if I can grow like a decent beard, but nice. It's not happening nice, right nice, now. Nice. Yeah. The, uh, the mustache is coming back, but we're, le- we're leaving her in the past. We don't need to bring her up. We don't need to, you know, we don't need to bring that into this. Uh, um, I'm happy, happy that they're transparent or honest. No, no people might, uh, 
people might make some memes out of that, but that's that's fine. People are pretty lighthearted about things here. Um, I mean, if you need me to tell stories of my ex-girlfriend too to make you feel better, um, I'm married now, love of my life. You guys know that. Uh, but God, my ex-girlfriend, uh, man, where to start with her? Um, she lived a floor beneath me uh, in the dorms, and so when I asked her out, I got fishing line and I threw like a rose and a letter out the window, and it like draped out in front of her uh, window, and uh, she grabbed it. And it just said, like, will you go on a date with me? But she didn't actually know I lived right above her. So then she didn't know who it was from. So then I didn't hear from her. So I thought she said no. And then I saw her again. I was like, hey, did you get my letter? She's like, oh, my God, was that from you? I go, yeah. And then we ended up going on a date. And I regret that full heartedly because that was a very weird experience. Uh, but <laughs> X's are X's. Yep. O's are O's. And uh, we're moving forward. Yeah, I would have to also agree on that side note. I wish the best <laughs> and best for my ex. But I also... I'm happily in a relationship now and happy to hear it, Drew. Yes. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> Nico, what is your go-to spell when dueling in Harry Potter? Oh man. Um, stupefy. I feel like that was sick whenever they would say that and it would just like shoot someone across the room. So yeah, I, I would like to do that to people. Yeah. Are you, are you a big Harry Potter guy? Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I've seen the movies many times and I've read the books twice. I do like it. <laughs> we'll follow up. <clears throat> Nico, at what age did your brothers become stronger than you? Uh, they're not stronger than me. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, now they, they might be, I don't know. Um, we, we'd have to test it. Uh, I'd say we stopped like, like actually like punching each other and stuff. Probably like <laughs> when I left for college, but, uh, you know, maybe we'll have to do some. Is that, uh, is that because that's that. when they hit their uh, growth spurt? Is You know, you had them when they were still like kind of young, not going through puberty yet. But then once you leave for college, you come home, they're a little bit bigger. And you go, ah, you know what? I kind of regret. Yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it wasn't as like intriguing to like pick a fight. And, you know, I mean, I left for college. We started to, I mean, we always appreciated each other. But, um, you know, I didn't want to cause any conflict. So, <laughs> <laughs> Who is your guys' favorite Mike Smith collective teammate? Who, who, sorry, say who, who is like, as in like the fake pro group, the, yeah, like the, the, the Mike Smith oh, collective. Fake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, so I'm guessing Luis put that one down. Um, he did not. Yeah. Really? Really? No, someone, someone else put that down. Um, I can, yeah, if you can go ahead and go through an answer and I'll tell you exactly who the at was. Maybe the at was someone that you know, but yeah, it I was would not. say, um, the last, this last like track season, I I spent a lot of time running and hanging out with Luis, and I feel like we became like such good friends. Like he's he was one of my best friends before, but last year I just like we just became so tight, so close. Um, obviously, um, I love my boy Woody. I love my boy Abdi Hamid. Yeah, um, I love all three, uh, but. I'm not going to say Luis is my favorite, but Luis and I made leaps in our relationship this last year. Nice. We had some pretty fun and special moments together, but yeah. Nico? Yeah, I mean, I, that they're a really fun group to be around um, in general. I feel like they're like, I mean, I feel like we're all like kind of like weird people, but it's like, you know, there's like so many different things coming into play there. I feel like it's fun to be around them, but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's nice that everyone think, brings their own yeah. quirkiness, though. Like, that's, it yeah. is. that's what makes it yeah. fun for sure. It does. <laughs> but, like, I do feel like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've known Luis and Abdi Hamid longer than Woody, and definitely uh, I've been trained with Abdi Hamid a bit longer than Luis. But, um, yeah, I don't really know. I don't think I could pick <laughs> somebody. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, it was from uh, Emery Z.A. Ryder. Emery, Emery's a writer. I don't know if you know who that is, but they, uh, yep, they believe it would be. And oh, here's a problem. So, like, this isn't a coffee club podcast, right? I know they do that, that funny name thing, right? Where they like make up names. Like, I'm Ribeye. I'm sure you guys have something. I always call Luis Louis Revolta. For some reason, that is just like ingrained in my brain that that is his name. And I like accidentally say that. So, like, I literally have like how you're supposed to say his first name because. Louis Gravolta is what I like. I've said that before in like actual conversations. Yeah. Like, who are you talking about? They're like, Luis? I go, Luis. Yeah. I should know it. I should know it, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, that, you should keep calling him that. <laughs> I, I, 
this this was me opening up and admitting it and from here on moving forward <laughs> i feel um, like this high school nickname was like luigi or something yeah yeah it was like that definitely maybe yeah. that is like what yeah. turns it off because I, I feel like i've yeah. heard him, I, I feel like i've heard the luigi part of it so then i'm i'm just yes. thrown, but yeah um will asks you boys ever beer so you i guess you guys ever have beer yeah i do yeah <laughs> I have before. Yep. <laughs> I, I have one time. Yeah. We're we're uh, a Yeah. Yeah. Nico, true or false? Did you break the parking brake on the Mazda from driving with it on all the time? Uh that was definitely from Lex or Leo. Uh okay. and I probably did. I kept forgetting to uh take it off. I mean that car is destroyed. So like uh, the regular brakes are just done too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I was an irresponsible driver. I also dented it, but I mean, you know, they got to get more, um, you know, they got more support cause you know, they're the, they got to do the whole driving thing after I did and I got yeah. to mess up. <laughs> so. Did you, <clears throat> did you give them the Mazda then like as their car once uh, you moved on from it? Yeah, that that became their their car after it was mine. So it was yeah, that's, definitely that's... worse condition. <laughs> <laughs> having a, having an older sibling pass down a car is one of the worst experiences because I got one from my sister <laughs> and it had a red door handle, a white bumper, and it was a blue car, and it was just oh atrocious. It, but yeah, older siblings, bad drivers. There's there's a study that says that that's true. So um, we'll keep it rolling with. Let me go back onto my phone. Um, back to another beer question. Uh, what's your what is your pub crawl team? Or pub mm. golf team. Oh, well, pub this I, this was Caleb because <laughs> um, <laughs> I think my first year, the original pub golf year for George's bachelor party, George Kusha's bachelor party. Um, it was I think George. I think I was with George, and we we lost. And then this yeah. year, I. Who was I with this year? Do you remember? It was a uh, oh gosh, was it, it was, Luis? It was Maisie. No, it was Maisie. Yeah. yeah. Wait, who the heck I was, was Luis? Luis? Never mind. And yeah. With, uh, Luis? No. no Aldo. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> um, I've never actually done pub golf. I do want to. I almost did it for my bachelor party. Um, and if you're over the age of 21, this is not a um a sponsored bit, but we'll give you a little bit of a rundown of what pub golf is. pub golf is. If you're under 21. You're not playing pub golf. Um, essentially, right, you go bar to bar. Each bar has like a par, and you try to drink that drink in that amount of strokes, quote unquote. Um, it could be a shot, yeah. could be a beer, could be whatever. And then you move on to the next bar. They're normally nine, right? Nine holes, nine bars, nine pubs. Or is, do you guys do the full length 18? Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, we can't even get to nine. Can't okay, <laughs> fair enough. I think, I think this year, I think last year I made it to five. And then. Okay. Yeah. Um, this one was like five or six. No, it was definitely six. And then we were six. about to I go to seven. We didn't go to seven. Yeah. 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 Eventually, there was, just unfortunately, yeah. like, there wasn't enough uh, teams to. There was a clear winner after like four or five, you know? Um, yeah. We yeah, had there like, was. something oh. that helped the team that I was on. We had like a dart throwing to like subtract mm. some strokes. And I did well in the dart throwing to subtract some strokes. But. I don't, um, I love the occasional drink, but, um, I can't like put it down like some of the other guys on our team. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like I could maybe have as much, but I just can't, the strokes is, I'm reliable. I keep it, I keep it to That's like difficult. two, two, two strokes for a beer, but I can't do one. Have I can't you guys, pull, uh, pull in one. Have you guys ever done the Guinness game? No, I've never. No. I, uh, if you guys are listening to the podcast, it's definitely a Scottish or a uh, UK game. But Josh introduced it to me, and I was telling my buddy about it. And like, oh, yeah, my friend uh, from the UK taught me it. So I think it's something that's played over there. But it's a fun game. We played it the night before my wedding. I'm very good at it. It's my claim to fame with anything drinking related because I don't drink a whole lot. Um, but the Guinness game is you get a Guinness from the tap. So it's going to be in one of those nice, tall Guinness glasses, right? And it's usually frothy. It's usually up to the top. Your objective with the Guinness game is you have to do in one poll as much Guinness as you can to get it in between the gap of the G where it says Guinness. So like the big capital Guinness, like the name Guinness, the G is always capped. There's always a little bit of a space in between the lines. Your goal is to just drink 
to that level. Mm. And if you get it in between the gap of the G, you get to enjoy the rest of your Guinness. If you don't, you have to finish your Guinness and go get another one and try again until you get it. Oh, wow. Oh, jeez. Oh, and uh, yeah. surprisingly, <laughs> I've hit it first try every time I've done it. I've done it four times. Oh, dang. So that's sick. But my buddies took two attempts at it. It is impressive. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't yeah. know how I did it, but I, uh, cause everybody's, everybody's pulls different. Everybody, I don't know, can handle it differently, but Guinness game is a fun one. Um, yeah. so do you guys have any banter that you want to throw at each other? This is, you know, this is a safe place. This is, like I said, I use this podcast for therapy. So if you guys want to get anything out about one another, like you can banter back and forth, you can banter back at me. Um, but we're at the end of our episode. So after we do this last banter piece, we'll name the episode and we'll be on our merry ways. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, do you have like, something, Drew? <laughs> no, I. I mean, I don't have much, but yeah. Um, it is good to have a little mix-up because I feel like when we're on podcasts, it's like we're always talking about running motivation yeah. and like, yep. Like, I feel like this was the complete opposite of what I was going in to talk about. Like, yeah, like trying to name Mount Rushmore and uh, you know, talking about drinking. I literally we like barely ever drink, so it's literally it's like. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, the two uh, takeaways people are gonna get is they don't they don't know presidents and they drink a lot of alcohol. So no, oh, man, that's no, not we, good. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, but yeah, dude, you should come to Flagstaff. I think you would. I you should make a leap, and we should go for runs together. All right. Okay. Well, I can't say I'm sold because that'd be a very easy sell. Um, you know, I'm a little bit harder to buy than that. So yeah, uh, maybe maybe I'll talk with my coach. Maybe I'll you know I'll look around at flights. Uh, Spirit yeah. Airline. You ever do double right. tea? <laughs> I've never, I never do double T. No, I'm a, I'm a one T kind of guy. I know I, you got a nice little board for those that are on audio. Drew has gone through his uh, full array of artistic abilities to yes. go through and write on a Harvard chalkboard. And most of these people probably um, are frustrated because these whiteboards or these uh, chalkboards are used for solving math problems. But yeah, here no we are. Here. I love Josh Kerr, oh. which is a, such a great message for somebody that's not here. I appreciate yeah. you putting my name up there. I um. <laughs> I um I like wrote everything down and then I sat down and then everything was like backwards and I had to like erase it and rewrite it um yeah like yeah. The, the opposite way so yeah the mirror effect challenging like yeah but uh Nico you got anything throw back at Drew um wait it still looks backwards it does still look backwards, but it's going to – I think it's going to reverse for uh, the, the final. Oh, okay. I see. If you look uh, at it for anything. 10 seconds straight, it'll look normal. <laughs> Nico, um, maybe, maybe after the pub crawl. All right. Can you think I can grow my hair out again, Nico? Uh, I think it's a good length right now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You could do a little. Yeah. One of the banner questions submitted was who is more attractive, Nico or Drew? Oh, I mean, mm. we're pretty good-looking guys. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like, gosh, I mean, you know, it's hard. It's hard to compete with us. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like on that level, there are sometimes not not many people beat us, but we do get beat. We do get beat. Yeah. Um, but the handsomeness, I feel like that's it's hard always to beat. wins. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I will say, Drew, you and I follow in suit with one another of having ridiculous and common uh hairstyles depending on what mood we're in so yeah. i've seen you with bleached hair long hair short hair shaved head fades so i would have to say nico has better consistency and you know what you're gonna get um mm -hmm. he's good style good hair consistency where drew i, I feel like it. you and i sometimes wake up and we're we're not looking good yeah like if i were to take I've this always, hat off it I've would always, not be pretty yeah i've, I've always we did had, say that about yeah i've always had trouble growing my hair out because of that just one day i grabbed some scissors and see i'm i'm going for the uh I'm going for growing my hair out fully. I haven't ever grown my hair out. So it's long in the back, but it's like one of those things where I wake up in the morning and I look terrible. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those yeah. things. It's all saying, like the long, the long hair yeah, is like, it's all about confidence. And exactly. Yeah. You know, that's a side note. That's like a, what we can tie back to running is, um, security in yourself style and how you look um for sure and doing whatever yeah, you feel that makes you happy that comes out in racing and i could take a little bit of medicine of that myself and everyone can take a little bit of medicine so if you want to wear a crazy outfit or you want to style your hair or grow a mustache and that makes you feel like you and it makes you feel confident it's going to come out when you step on the line um so we should all take a little medicine of that absolutely it's a mic yeah. drop love that <laughs> Love that. That's good. 
<laughs> I had one more question, but I'd, I'm going to ask this last question, but I want that to be definitely the capstone of what you guys take away. Um, absolutely true. Always be yourself, be you. You can't be anybody else, but you can be yourself, and that's the best person you can be. So we love that. Um, last question, and then we're going to name the episode and wrap this up because I said 60 minutes and we're at 62. Um, but if you guys had to race anybody in their prime, now, past, whatever, in their own race, and you beat them, who do you want to race in what distance? Mm-hmm. And and don't think about the extrinsic extrinsic factors either. Don't think about the money or the sponsors. Just name, like what person? Yeah, I'd either want to beat. We're talking about range here. I'd either want to yeah. beat Jakob in the fifteen hundred or yeah. Jim Walmsley yeah. in the hundred mile. What's that hundred mile race in the in California? Yeah, the, the the west western. Oh western no, that's State, uh, yeah. Is western states of California or Colorado? Um, I don't really know. But yeah, but that one is a good one. It's not yeah. in North Dakota. It's not at Mount Rushmore, so we know that. Yeah, it's not. Um, okay. that's, that's good. That's good range. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm gonna try to run Western states at some point. We'll see. Nico, I think definitely. I thought of the same, like Jakob in the 1500. I just feel like that's like you know the ultimate range. Uh, Thank God Josh is not yeah. here. <laughs> that would be the most. That would be the best. But typically, at the end of every episode, we let the guests name it. So if one of you guys have something on deck and you want to name the episode, um, I'll give you a countdown, and then one of you can can speak which one you want to name it. Uh, go ahead and name the episode then at the end, Drew. Three, two, one. Without a doubt, the name of the episode is The Most <laughs> Handsome Duo in the NCAA. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, welcome back to Sit and Kick. Welcome, Drew and Nico, to the podcast. Appreciate you guys. I'd say normally we get people verified, but you guys got that covered. So um, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for joining us on the call. This is super fun. And uh, that's, uh, that's where we're going to call it, folks. Have a good run.